following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha Outsiders Show. Congratulations. You played yourself. Yeah, we're back. Lucha Outsider Show. I'm Leo. That's Mario. The heel, the steel, the deal, the villain, the face, the anti-hero of the IWC, your boy, Mr. Rated R, and our third man on Tuesday. He'll be one year older. Yo, 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 yo. Let me speak on this. What's good, everybody? How y'all doing today? This is episode 144, and if you miss anything or everything on today's episode, make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast version of the show. iTunes, SoundCloud, you want to be fancy Apple Podcasts, tune in La Mescla app, LoshRadio.com, Stitcher, and Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Neat. Make sure you share the video. We got a lot to cover. It's all right. They know to share the video. They know the shtick already. We've been doing this for 144 episodes. What's up, guys? Man, it's been a while. Yeah, it has. It has. A lot, it's lot been a going while. On. A lot going on. A lot of bad shit going on. Hopefully, we could uh, give an escape for the people, you know, and talk about some wrestling. Some wrestling. Yeah. Some wrestling. wrestling Let's talk about some wrestling. Um, well, I hope everybody's doing all right out there. Let's bring some positive vibes to the show. Uh, and I, and you know what? It, it's kind of a bad segue. <laughs> um, real rough, rest in real peace, rough segue. Really rough segue. <laughs> rest in peace to uh, Danny Havoc. For those that don't know who Danny Havoc is, he's a deathmatch legend icon. He passed away. I think he was only like 34, 35 years old. Um, yeah, it's rough, you know. Uh, the only thing I can say is, Besides rest in peace to Danny Havoc is, you know, kind of check on your friends, check on your family members, make sure they're doing all right. Cause he was in a, in a bad path to due to some unfortunate events and you know, he's a deathmatch legend. So, uh, you know, let's pay our respects to Danny Havoc. Yeah. Rest in peace to Danny Havoc and going back to what you just said, man, this, this quarantine is, is rough on people. You know, you're not able to see, uh, you know, your friends and family, as often and I feel like you know people get wrapped up with their own stuff so much that we tend to forget about our, our friends sometimes so like Mario said definitely give give your friend a call today if you haven't talked to somebody in a while check up on them Just, hey how you doing you know what I mean because uh you know it, it's rough out here you stuck in the house right right especially in the climate that we're living in with everything that's going on people are definitely in bad places you know yeah um, now before we start, before we start talking some good shit, hold on, give me a minute. Hashtag is Red Bull time. 
That's really good. All right. Um, this is late breaking news. Conor McGregor at the age of 31. Uh-huh. 22 wins, four losses. Has retired. He could be trolling us, but he announced a retirement. Uh, Sam, we'll start with you. How do you feel about this? I don't know, man. Um, we've, we've seen him retire before and then come back. Um, right. He, you know, in the fight game, it, and especially at the UFC level, uh, you know, we've seen tons of guys fight until their, their 40s and even 50, like Ken Shamrock and things like that. But when you start hitting the 30s and that you're kind of out of your prime at that point. And to to me, honestly, watching Connor, I always felt that he was a, a tad bit overrated. He definitely is a great promoter of his own fights. But when it comes down to, you know, the actual fighting standpoint, I feel like he didn't really have a, a big gas tank. He usually he, got winded he, very he, easily. He, he's Mayweather or Jake's. Yeah. And, um, you know, I give him a, a ton of respect. He's fought a different weight classes and and things like that but i've always he's he's no george st pierre you know what i'm saying he 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 talked himself up a lot so right i mean he's definitely a legend in the game but he he like i say he's no george st pierre he he he's right. he's all right i don't know yeah and we'll see what happens if he stays uh you know retired because money talks you know, right. if, if a big fight opportunity comes up where, you know, millions of dollars are getting thrown around, who knows what could happen? You know, these guys, they live these lavish lifestyles. You see what right. happened with Mike Tyson with that big mansion that he had. How long can he hold this lifestyle that he's living just on that whiskey brand that he's got? So we'll see what happens with him. You know what I mean? Um, ne- never a huge fan of Conor McGregor, but, you know, respect for what he's done in, in the fight game. Leo, you got any uh, thoughts about Conor McGregor uh, kind of saying that he's retired? He's what, 31? 31, young, young guy. He's, you not, know, he's, he's not retired. Than us. He's not retired. He knows how to kayfabe people. He knows how to uh, big up his fights. He's basically making a, a, a stand to say, you know what? I don't need you guys. Uh, I'm going to retire. But then you guys are going to come calling me, kind of like what Sam said, when there's a big money deal. You're going to go get him. Right. And plus, he's the best talker there is. It, it, the WWE is going to go after him to try to get right. him, you know? Um, even if you don't have him in the ring, you need a, a talker. You, align him with anyone, and he'll be able to talk the fight for them, you know? Um, now, is it a power move? Of course it's a power move, because then that basically says, you know what? I don't need to be here. I could be anywhere else. If new suitors come in, even just the UFC channel, they could probably pay him millions of dollars for him to be on like one night a week. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't have to fight. Is the retirement real? No, I think it's kayfabe. I think he's he's trolling the audience into thinking one thing and then doing another. Okay. He's okay. a student of the game, man. He he he's a student of wrestling. He knows how to sell his fights. He's a promoter. He's a promoter. Yeah. I feel like he likes to fuck with Dana White every couple months. He'll announce a retirement just to shake things up to try and get more money at the next fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, Of course. So, because Dana's going to need him. Dana's going to need him and he's going to go after him. That, that's the biggest difference between, between the UFC and WWE. You can't pull that move on the WWE. Imagine somebody doing that to Vince. Like The yeah, only right. person that I see doing that is maybe Randy Orton. Like I don't know where he's saying, you know what, I'm, I'm going to retire. Right. 
But in right. the UFC, like they have a little bit more leeway, if you will. But again, yeah, I think it's kayfabe. Okay. All right, let's talk about some AEW stuff because we have to play catch up. You know, we have two weeks of stuff to talk about. The revival, FTR, the revolt, fear the revolt, fear the revival, fuck the revival, for the revolution, whatever you want to call them. FTR has debuted on AEW. Uh, they made the save, ironically, to the Young Bucks, right? Uh, they beat up the Butcher and the Blade. Uh, they had a quick face-off with the Young Bucks, then they left the ring. I love the way how they got into the ring. They showed up the right way in the car, not the way Cody did it. Yeah, with a truck. They looked great. Um, they had a sit-down interview with Tony Schiavone this past week on Dynamite, and we're going to get their first match in AEW this coming Wednesday against the Butcher and the Blade. And on an interesting note that came out this week, they haven't even signed contracts. They're on a handshake deal. So going back to what I was saying months ago when they first got released, they're not going to just stick with AEW. They want to wrestle with other tag teams. So once this situation gets normalized, I can see them pop up anywhere. If they're just on a handshake basis with AEW, they're going to have their own with AEW. I hope they pop up in New Japan. I would love to love to see them fight the North and Impact Wrestling. Let them, you know, beat up some of the tag teams in Ring of Honor. I would love to see them in the Briscoes go at it. I think this is a, um, a right move for FTR for now. And then eventually they could sign a full-time deal. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm just excited about all the potential matchups that we are going to get with them playing around with AEW. You got, you know, Santana and Ortiz, the Young Bucks. You know, we're going to see Butcher and Blade this weekend. Um, you know, the Dark Order. Best fucking, friends. Best friends, yeah. Um, private Party. Man, right. there's a ton, uh, ton of, uh, you know, possibilities there. Mm-hmm. One one thing that I, I got to say is, uh, going back to what you said, I love their entrance coming in with that classic uh, truck. You know, man, it just set the tone for it. And you think about how many guys have shown up since this quarantine has started in AEW. Imagine if there were fans there, man. You you think about Matt Hardy. That place would have lost their mind. Yeah, the revival. Just just hearing the rev of the car, like the anticipation to see who's coming in, you know? Right. Crazy. Jake, Jake the Snake. You think about all these debuts since... Since this quarantine, it's just, uh, man, it's so unfortunate. We haven't, you know, been able to really experience it in in the arena as fans. But, um, man, this is good shit. This is good shit. Uh, Leo, any thoughts on on FTR? No, it was good. And and we kind of figured with all the people that that got released, that was, like, not the set-in-stone team, but the one that had the highest possibility of going because they've had the whole, you know – when uh when you were building all in you had you know the whole fuck the revival part of uh of being the elite and all that so you did have some history in place already so that that was the most the most that made sense now for them to show up and not have a contract i actually like that because of what you guys are saying the same thing they can go anywhere they can basically be the free agent they could be the the Pentagon and Phoenix of this day and age where they could go and work basically in any organization, work at the top, work in the middle, you know, pick and choose where they want to be. And, and you know what, with that whole, you know, old school thing that they're going for, you know, no flips, everybody's doing flips. You put these guys in any indie and people will go in there and see them just to see something different. 
<laughs> they even I forgot if it was Dax Harwood or Dash Wheeler, but one of them threw shade at Pentagon on Twitter because Pentagon made a comment saying like, "Oh, I miss wrestling," and then one of them goes like. Oh, we're gonna teach you how tag team wrestling really is because you don't know how to do it or yeah. something down yeah. those lines. No, but but again, so everybody if everybody's going left, they're going right, which makes sense. Right. You know, it, it, it. And do you guys remember when Mick Foley, when like people wanted the whole extreme shit, and he started going back to like you know armbar and and sleeper. yeah, that was an ECW during his heel turn. So you do the same thing with with the with the revival, the revolt, whatever the hell their name is gonna be now. Um, right. But at at the end of the day, you're gonna have people that are willing to pay. I see, like, kind of like remember when we went to see Cody up in uh, Connecticut, but you had a good card of of indies, but Cody was like your main attraction because yeah. he was basically going all over the the indies. The same thing's gonna happen with the with the revival, the revolt. The same thing. You're gonna right. have them as being that draw, as being the, those guys that you know. That bring you back because you're gonna go there with with your dad. You're gonna go there with your kids. Your kids are are used to the high flying, but your dad likes that that mat technical wrestling. So you have it all in the in the revival revolt, whatever the hell the name is gonna be. FTR. So, all right. Yeah. Speaking more on uh, AW uh, stuff. AW announced this week that Fighter Fest will be a two night event. Too big for just one night. Again, <laughs> um, yeah. it's going to be on Dynamite, too. So the first episode is going to be live. That's July 1st. And then mm. the second episode will be the 8th. And that will actually be recorded. Uh, only two matches have been announced. The the Elite, Hangman Page, and Kenny Omega defending the tag titles against the best friends. And then you got the main event. I don't know which night. John Moxley defending that world championship against Brian Cage. Man, I've been really, really enjoying the pairing of Taz and Brian Cage. But before we get to that, what's your thoughts on too big for just one night? <laughs> I don't know, man. I wish they would have made it like a special like they did before with the BR app. Uh, I really enjoyed that. I'd like the Saturday shows, you know, right. I mean? There's us an opportunity to like, you know, barbecue and, and, and enjoy it, you know, like, like a pay-per-view Jace, um, you know, they're going with this because of, the coronavirus, it, it mm-hmm. is what it is. I, I can't really complain about it because of the situation. It's out of their hands. We right. We just want it to be different. We wanted to how it was last year on a Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's the route they were going to go with England. You know what I mean? How they, like, were, were going to go before the whole virus thing happened. But, uh, you know, it's un- unfortunate that, they, you know, they have to change and pivot. But, um. They're, they're working it, man. AEW, I feel like, has done the best job of all the companies. They're, you know, they're staying open. They're, they're giving guys opportunities that haven't had opportunities before. And, you know, it, it's a, it feels fun. It feels fun watching AEW compared to watching WWE or even sometimes NXT because of that whole situation they got around the crowd where you got, Vicky Guerrero and Billy Gunn and Billy Gunn's son and you got Coca Ban out there and all these other guys that, you know, they just I don't know, it just feels fun. It feels like a different situation on right. Wednesday. It, no, because it because it is different. You know, yeah. we'll talk about how WWE has made some changes, but it, like you said, AEW, it just feels different. It feels like a totally different product. Even visually, the way it's shot, it looks a lot different. Yeah. 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 And um, you know, like I say, we can't we gotta Roll with the punches, just like the companies are. And, you know, two nights, 
whatever. You know, it, it is what it is. Fuck the coronavirus. That's how I feel. <laughs> That that's the way it's feeling lately. But one of the things that that Mario that uh Sam and I were talking off the air, you can kind of see the difference with how the WWE banks on having the fans there and how much it adds to the experience. Where a where AEW has been able to okay, we don't have the fans, but it's not like we depended on them to put the the wrestling over or dependent on them to put the show over. They were able to to kind of curve out carve out their own niche, if you will. Right. Where, where they were able to say, you know what, we're going to change the camera angle. You know what, we're going to bring wrestlers in. You're, like Again, they're innovating, whereas the WWE w- is stuck in the, in the way of, hey, the audience is what makes the matches. Not that way, it's the other way. The matches are what make the audience. And I think, and I think also, just uh, most, I'm not going to say all, but most of the storytelling in AEW has all been, you know, has been entertaining us, has been grabbing our attention. We can't say the same thing about WWE, and we're going to go through some of the WWE stuff in a bit, but AEW still just feels fresh. Even with the times that we're living in, mm-hmm. even with no fans, they, they've made the best out of it. You know, uh, It's arguably to say that one of their best episodes of all time was during this era, you know, the yeah. no-fan era of AEW. That's crazy, to, that's crazy to say that probably one of their best episodes was an episode that had no fans. You know how nuts that sounds? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So for the most part, we 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 praise AEW, but there's definitely some questionable things that I definitely want to talk to you guys about. Because listen, as much as we love AEW and they're doing such a great things, they're also done some questionable things. Yes. And one of the head scratches that I got this week was um during the Cody match against Jungle Boy. I feel like Cody gave too much in that match for a first title defense on free TV. I don't think we needed the blood. I don't think we needed the table spot. I just felt like it was a little bit too much. I don't think we necessarily need that. Um, it wasn't a pay-per-view match. Um, I know Jungle Boy looked – it was to make Jungle Boy. I understand that. But you could have still made the guy without having the blood. Without, without having spots. the table spot. Um, and another interesting note about this match – Cody kind of seemed frustrated a little bit during the match, and it felt like heelish in a little bit. I don't know if they're planting seeds. And then based on what we saw from a vignette with Tully and Sean Spears with the whole passing of the glove, now you have FTR involved with AEW. Could we see a potential horseman-esque stable in AEW? Uh, those are kind of the thoughts that I have when it comes to Cody Rhodes right now. Let's start with kind of the, the match itself and then the potential horseman-esque, horseman and Jay Stable. Sam? Um, I I agree with you, man. I like the match, but it, it was a little much. Um, and I feel like this isn't the first time that we've seen Cody get a little frustrated. We've seen it back with Darby Allen. Uh, where he did the sidestep and let his wife get the fucking the the right, right, and, right. Um, I don't know if if he's not turning heel, he needs to change the way he wrestles in the ring because it, it, he, he's wrestling a heel style. He definitely is. Um, my thing with the the TV title is I I miss the rules of the old television championship. If you're gonna bring in a TV title, make it a 15 minute time limit. And, you know, do the things that you used to do with it. And, you know, I, I like the whole, like, wink and a nod to the old WCW. If you're going to do that, go full kilter with it. Um, 
as for the, the glove, it was a nice, uh, you know, wink and a nod. I believe Barry Windham used to wear the, the, the black glove. Um, you know, that's cool. Could we see a potential foreman uh, like a horseman? That, that'd, be, that'd be dope. It'd be different. It, it'd definitely be different. Um, I mean, for the most part, I will say any incarnation of a horseman-like-esque stable have been somewhat successful. Evolution, highly yeah. successful. Fortune 4 from TNA, maybe not as successful as Evolution, <laughs> but when it was just, but when it was just AJ, Beer Money, and Kazarian, I think that was the best version of the stable. Yeah, that was that was a dope little tandem there that they that, had. That was the best version of the stable. Not when they had yeah. like six members, and then it, not not when it when it got convoluted, it just became a mess. But right. when it was just those four, that was the best version of the stable. They were selling a lot of shirts in, in those TNA days. When it became a NWO like, yeah, when they were, yeah, when they were I wouldn't even say NWO like. It just became just convoluted. They just kept on adding different members for no reason. Like, like there's no reason why Matt Morgan should have been in there. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah. Um, for the most part, any incarnation of a horseman esque group has succeeded. Now, do you I name mean, him? Do you name him it, the it horseman? Would be, it would be a dope turn for Cody if Cody just turns on the elite and then creates this version of the horseman. I, I would be for it. You know? Yeah. And it would be nice to see a group of heels that aren't involved in some kind of a cult situation where you're like, right. it's a dark, eerie, graveyard, weird shit going on there. Like, um, it, you know, like a nice, making a nod to the old WCW again. You know, I like what they're doing. And if that's the route that they're going, I'm all for it. What, what's your thoughts on Cody uh, defending this championship every week? It's going to be pretty much a war, a workhorse championship. I'm all I'm all for that. Yeah, I am too. Uh, like I said, I just I want the 15 minute time limit. It it helps build stories. You don't need your match going longer than 15 minutes on TV anyway. To be honest with you, and um, stay in the ring more. That's all. Right. I, that's all I, I, I don't want know. every match with Cody where he's busted open going through a table. Right. Like I want things like that to matter. You know what I'm saying? While it, it was, I'm not saying that the spots were bad. It's just, it wasn't necessary for a match with jungle boy. Right. Right. O on and free TV. On free TV. Right. And I, I feel like, um, when you start doing that, it means less. Every week when you're pulling out the tables and everything like that, let's deal with that. You know what I mean? I understand that they're trying to be edgy and they're dropping, you know, all these kinds of curses and, you know, you're seeing blood and different kinds of, you know, violence on AEW that you wouldn't necessarily see on WWE because they're like a PG program. Right. That's cool and everything, but take it down a notch so when we do see it, it means more when you see Moxley pull out a trampoline full of barbed wire. It make, it, make it mean something. More. I agree. I agree. All right, let's talk about something else that I, I mean. I mean, I wasn't necessarily a fan of it. We we haven't talked about it. You know, it happened last week. Tyson and Jericho, bro. <laughs> Listen, was it an entertainment entertaining segment? Absolutely. I laughed. I was laughing watching it. But man, it was just too much of a a cheap ripoff of Stone Cold and. And Tyson from back in the day, man, it was something that we really didn't need. 
Um, I wasn't really into it, man. I, I wasn't into it. Uh, I, I don't know where they're going to go with this because obviously Jericho this week, uh, he kept on mentioning Tyson's name and then Orange Cassidy came out. So I could see a match there, but I don't know what the the finish line is between Tyson and Jericho. But uh, the segment that we got last week, while I laughed and yes, I was entertained overall. I just wasn't a fan of it. Yeah. See, here's where I think that they dropped the ball. Tyson wasn't the only one that came out there. You had four guys from MMA, and they didn't even mention them. Um, you know, if you're going to try and make a sports center moment, mention these guys because if you're going to bring in people that would not necessarily watch wrestling just to see Tyson, well, mention the MMA guys too because there's a bunch of MMA fans out there that, you know, would like to – see what the fuck was going on. I believe one of them was uh, not Rampage Jackson. I forget the, the guy's name. But anyway, see, I forgot their name because because they didn't say it. <laughs> anyway, I, th- I think fucking um, I think it was just it was like funny. Rashad Evans. Rashad Evans. Rashad Evans, yes. He was a beast back in the day. Rashad Evans, Henry, uh, I forget his last name, and uh, Victor Bellor. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I I, I, the dude Henry, I think he's a Spanish dude. I forget his last name. Martinez. Yeah, all those guys have, have uh, like a fan base and a following. All of them have over 100,000 followers on social media. They didn't, they didn't say it on commentary at all. But then JR right. mentioned on, on his podcast that he wasn't even queued up to know that they were they he had no idea. And he mentioned a great point. Cause like until I saw went back and watched it again, I was like, Rashad Evans was in it. Rashad Evans didn't look like Rashad Evans. Was yeah. he the one that was yeah, they, painted up? It's been a while too. Go ahead, Leo. Sorry about was, that. Was he the one that was painted up? Or that was somebody else? That was an actor. <laughs> that that again, so you're you're gonna acknowledge the the guy that's painted up, but you're not gonna acknowledge guys that have like a backup, guys that are there, guys that are in MMA, like Rashad Evans, like these guys that were there. Again, it, they kind of dropped the ball on there, but to me, it was too close to, like, it was too close to the Stone Cold thing, like too close. Maybe you should have done it backstage. Maybe you should have done it in the center of the of the Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium. You know what I mean? But doing it, was it in a the great ring, value yeah. version of the Mike Tyson and Stone Cold segment from back in the yeah. day. Basically. If there were fans there, it probably would have came off a lot better. It was weird when he couldn't rip the shirt. You know what I, I mean? You got Mike Tyson. You know what it is with Mike Tyson? And um, I gotta I forgot who said it this week. But the thing with Mike Tyson is if you look at his history with the when it comes to the world of professional wrestling, right? He hasn't really said much if you think about it. There's a reason for that because he can't cut promos. No. He, he, he's more of an off-the-cuff kind of guy. You know what I mean? You put a mic in front of him, he might he might give you some great sound bites, but if you give him a script or tell him exactly what to say, I don't think he would do that well with that. Um, I'll, I'll always remember some of the sound bites. Like, I eat your children and shit like that. But fucking, um, yeah, it, it, it yeah. just... It wasn't that great, man. It really wasn't. It, like I think you said it in the in the Instagram post, it was funny, but not in a good way. You know, not yeah, the way that he wanted it to be funny, right? 
it was funny, like, oh, my God, this is a shit show. <laughs> You're right. And yeah. then you have fucking 24 from the Jersey Shore in the melee, too. He's trying to grab on Jericho. He was in there, too. Oh, no, I didn't even catch that. Remember Yo, when we saw 20, him at the ECW arena? Yeah, 24 was there, too. I mean, he might be 25 <laughs> now, but. <laughs> yeah, oh, man, that's hilarious. It's just, Fuck. it was just not a good segment. And then, like, the the... When they're building, like, the, the when they're setting the foundation for this, it all comes from a WWE angle, too. Back yeah. when there was, I think, um, when there was, like, the um, celebrity guest host gimmick things and Mike Tyson turned on Jericho, like, you're going back to WWE, you know what I'm saying? Which is a segment that p- people don't even remember. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? People don't remember that. So it's just, I'm not into it, man. <laughs> not yeah. into it. It's like when he drops the date, it's almost like you have to look it up on the WWE Network. And you're like, oh, yeah, that did happen. Yeah, Yeah, like, why why do I need to go to the WWE Network to look at something that's happening in AEW? Right, right, right. I was just not a fan of it. But um, this is growing pains for for AEW. I know a lot of people were like, oh, this is just like WCW. This is just like the garbage, some of the garbage that TNA did. Like, listen... Overall, for the most part, some of the stuff that AEW is doing is great. There's some things that they're missing, but that's growing pains, man. It, it, the company has only been in existence for a little over a year. That's it. So yeah. it's growing pains. For the most part, they're still doing a good job. And the big difference between AEW and WCW is the owner is not only a fan, but the buck stops with him. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, you know, Jericho can give him this idea and, you know, John Moxie could give him this idea and Kenny Omega and Cody, all these guys could give him all the ideas. But if Tony Khan doesn't want it done, it's not going to happen because he's the one that's putting all the money up. He's paying all these guys paychecks. Right. So WCW had too many cooks in the kitchen. You had Kevin Nash with the book at one point. Hogan was giving creative control. You got Bischoff doing this. And you got TV executives trying to pull from all opposite ends that had no idea what the fuck pro wrestling really even was. So WCW was doomed to begin with. AEW will be just fine. Right. Right. All right. Let's talk about WB. Let's talk about Monday Night Raw. Last week, Apollo Crews is now the United States champion, and I don't give a shit. I know you can't see me, but I'm doing a smile. Bro. <laughs> Bro, it's just Apollo Cruz has never given me a reason to give a fuck about him. And then he wins the title, he cuts a terrible promo afterwards, and then it's like, still, I don't give a shit about him. Now, this past week on Raw, uh, him and Kevin Owens, he challenged Kevin Owens because he's doing like an open challenge gimmick. And Kevin Owens and Apollo Cruz had a back and forth. They started a match, and then Apollo Cruz did have some like heelish tendencies too, but still, I just don't care, man. I really don't care about this guy. He's great in the ring, but man, I don't give a shit about this guy. He he needs a manager. You know, this is it goes back to like you get rid of the managers and guys suffer for it. He could be a thousand times better if you had a, a mouthpiece with him. You know what I mean? Somebody to make you hate him. Or somebody to prop him up and make you care about him. And this is a classic example of trying to put the title on somebody to make the wrestler. 
You know what I mean? The wrestlers right. be right. making the title mean more. They're actually putting the title on him to make him mean more. And that's it's never it never works out when you put the title on somebody and you're like, oh, now now they're, you know, a semi main eventer. Or, you know, it, it, it doesn't work because at the end of the day, we need to be emotionally invested in the character in order for us to pay money to see them, whether we're leaving our house after the coronavirus is over uh, with and everything like that to go watch them in person or we're paying money on the WWE network, $10 a month or whatever to see them. You know, they need to get you emotionally invested. And right now that she little grin that he does with his, you know, bland gimmicks. It's but, not you know how I tell you, Stan, that you're too fucking happy. Well, Apollo Cruz takes the fucking cake. <laughs> he's, the, he's the king of you're happy. You're too happy. But he's just he's just overboard, man. I just can't. I can't. He's just oh get him get him away from my TV. And then it's like, okay, you take the title off of my boy Andrade, right? But what are you doing with him? You know what I'm saying? Should have just left the title on him. And going back to Andrade, he was a guy that was very much an Apollo Cruz situation in NXT before they brought Selena Vega in to prop him up. And I think that, you know. Apollo Cruz needs a manager. Fucking bring Jimmy Hart back. You know what I mean? He's not doing shit. He's in great health. He's Come like, on, baby. Come on, baby. Come, yeah. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. You got this, baby. He's not doing anything. Bring Jimmy Hart back. Put him with Apollo Cruz. Put him with a couple of these mid card guys, and 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 you know, have him do something. What the fuck, man? You got you got MVP there. Use him. Use him as a manager. Use him as a wrestler. Hey, Whatever he- you want to do. He's making Bobby Lashley look credible again. Yeah, you know, because well, on guys you like had that, Leo, you yeah. had Leo Rush. He was a great manager, but I know that he could be a pain in the ass. I understand that there's more of an issue with you know WWE and Leo Rush, but he was a great example of being a great manager and propping somebody up. Right, bring bring the managers back, man. That's what they need to do. Well, right. especially so. So you guys were talking about Andrade. Before he got Selena Vega, you didn't care about him because you didn't have anything to hold on to other than whatever you saw in the ring. He had a stupid suspenders and a hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like that didn't make sense. Like Santa Almas, what the hell is that supposed to mean? Um, I mean, <laughs> we know what it means. But any, no, but what I'm saying is this: like when you look at the guy, right? Anybody could be good in the ring unless they have a backstory to give you. You won't care for them unless they're the right. baby face chasing the heel to get over, or the heel getting over the baby face. You have nothing to care about. So now adding this extra layer, and you're right, Sam, you do need somebody to voice his stuff, if that makes sense. Like, perfect That's example, cool. Leo Rush. Before Leo Rush got put with with uh, with this guy, he wasn't going anywhere with Lashley. Lashley had come back from TNA. You thought he was going to be put into the main event picture. You thought he was going to be a monster heel, and he was shaking his ass. That's basically all you had. But then, Yo, you put Leo, but then you put Leo Rush, and now that becomes a mouthpiece. Now that makes you want to hate Bobby Lashley for the stuff that he's doing, not just a guy there shaking his ass. I'm not going to lie. I, I used to think that shit was funny when he used to be like, kiss my ass, kind of thing. I, hate, I hated it, bro. I was not into that. I was into the Leo Rush-Bobby Lashley pairing, but I was not into, I was not into the whole ass game. Bro, if you, if, you look at, if you look at Lashley from TNA, uh, he looked like a heel. He felt like a heel. 
Yeah. Fast, yeah. Forward, fast forward to WWE, Lashley. It's a, it's a sideshow. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. Like Mario said, MVP's with him right now, and he actually does feel like more of a big deal. He, he does. definitely does. You know? And it goes back to this. You got to bring back the managers. Think about if Brock Lesnar didn't have Paul Heyman. Just think about how bad that situation would be. There will be no, there will be no uh, Brock Lesnar. Well, the only way, so if Brock, hypothetically speaking, let's say Brock Lesnar's run would be without Paul Heyman, it could still be realistic. He just can never be on the mic ever. Yeah, just let him go through people. Okay, let but, his but, action speak, but he doesn't have to speak. But you are you going to be emotionally invested with Brock Lesnar? Nakamura didn't speak a lick of English in NXT, and he was the most charismatic dude. In the whole company, without saying a word. Yeah, but it's it's also how you book him, though. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. If you book Lesnar, let's say Lesnar would have gotten the exact same booking, minus him dancing with a briefcase. Yeah. Take that away from it. If you would have gotten the exact same booking and he just never spoke on the mic, it could still work. I hope so. I can see that if he if he didn't talk, yeah, because he would be like more like a crusher destroyer type of situation there, you know, but. Would you really be that emotionally invested? You know, Paul, I feel like he does a great job of making you care about a Brock Lesnar match. Right. Most people would, if Paul wasn't there, you think people shit on Brock now? They would definitely shit on Oh, he does the suplexes. He doesn't even <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Paul does a great job of going in there. And like he'll start at one point, and by the end of his promo, you gotta you're like, I gotta watch this fucking match. What the fuck is gonna happen? Is he gonna show up? Is it a spoiler? Is he really giving me? And, and you know, I- you know what it is about Brock too. Brock's a weird cat too, because if you think about it, when he was in UFC, he could cut promos. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When he's in the ring, he talks his smack, and it's. Very realistic. He probably believes on everything he's saying too, because he just he just looks as an opponent as like you know fucking meat. Like I'm I'm about to tear you up, right? Yeah. But then when it comes to like a promo, like he has to really cut, like I guess produce. It just doesn't work for him. Yeah, I don't think he's a fan of the scripts. Right. I, I don't blame him. Who? That's stressful. You show up to work and you get a stack of papers and they're like, you got to memorize this. And you got to go out on live TV and recite this. And then they change it last minute. That's stressful as hell. You're looking at the paper like, oh, shit, I got to memorize this. This is like a fucking Jericho has gone on record saying that when he was like in the WWE and a fucking writer will hand him a script, he would just rip it up. He was like, all right, cool. Rip it up. Yeah, I know what I'm doing. (laughs) All right. Let's talk about some more bad news in Raw. Nia Jax. Uh, Once again, hurt somebody. Kyrie Sane. Poor little Kyrie Sane. Do we have a list of how many people she's hurt already? <laughs> I, dude, listen. I like Nia Jax, but man, wow. she's hurting too many people. I don't know, man. It's You're it's not a good look. It's not a good look. I got I got mixed feelings about it. I got mixed feelings about it. Here's 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 what I here's what I gotta say about it, man. Is it really happening, or are they working us? Is she really hurting these people, or is this almost becoming part of her gimmick? Where like she's she's very comfortable at getting heat. She really is. Uh, I give her props for that. She doesn't care what people think. So I'm almost at this point where 
she's like, people are talking shit about me on the internet because I'm hurting people. Let's just run with it. You know what I mean? It it almost if it isn't a work, it's it's close. It's a damn maybe, have you thought that maybe she's just spinning it to make it benefit her? That that's what I'm saying. Like she's taking unfortunate situations that happen and now she's probably going well let's just run with it since the fans already hate me and they think i'm dangerous and we've seen her go on social media and like kind of like try to clown you know internet fans oh, she's it. trolling people she's trolling yeah and <laughs> i feel like it's almost i don't want to say too good to be true because it's not a good situation but like it's almost too convenient that she hurts her again you know what I mean? Well, this poor, is the little Ky- time. poor little Kyrie saying weighs like a butt, like 90 pounds. Yeah, I, I think Kyrie took one for the team. She's 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 doing business. She's, you know, she's doing business. Cut me open the hard way. Whatever you got to do, I don't know. Right. But I, I just feel like it's it's a work. It's Like I said, if it's not a work, God damn. God damn. Send her ass back to NXT. Well, okay. Her hurting people is definitely not a work. Yeah, it's not a work. Her... Her spinning it to her benefit, that I believe. That I believe. Yeah. I don't know, man. I just... What, it, what it, happened to the change of heart for Nia Jax, Sam? No, no, don't get me wrong. She sent them a DM. If you go back and listen, I don't completely shit on her, right? I just, You called her a I, bitch? I say that she's got to be more careful or whatever, you know what I mean? You called her um, a bitch. But man, like it, it's just too it's too convenient. How can you hurt somebody two weeks ago and then the next time you get in the ring with him, you hurt him again? Hold on, wait, wait, wait. Two words. Ultimate warrior. Yeah. <laughs> she just doesn't know how to if work. She's really, if she, she's really hurting people yeah. like that, that's a fucking okay, shame. And but, that goes back to her getting pushed through the system too fast. You remember, she didn't spend that much time. I mean, in that's been, but but let, let's be realistic, Sam. And listen, I like Nia Jax, but let's be realistic here. The biggest criticism for Nia Jax has been she's been pushed through the system too fast. That's yeah. been her biggest criticism. Yeah. Do you guys uh, remember it, Mabel? True. Do you guys remember what? Mabel? Mabel? Big Daddy Mabel. Z? You guys remember him? Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, he used to hurt people, too. Because he didn't know how to he didn't know how to protect the other person. He sat on Kevin Nash and almost broke his fucking chest. So again, what you're what you're having with Nia Jax is that she is unsafe. Now, granted, you could change the narrative to whatever you want it to be. Like, oh, I'm I'm doing that. You could change the narrative, but at the end of the day, you threw her the wrong way. That big ass Mm. gash on her head. You don't you don't get that out with a knife. Like you literally have to hurt somebody like that. Wow. I just I, think I, I just think her PR work is better than her in ring work. That's oh no, she's definitely spinning it to her benefit. Props yeah. to her for that. But uh, it's kind of it's kind of rough trying to say like this is could potentially be a work and Kyrie Sane just took one for the team because at the same it, it's just you got when you got a rap sheet it's kind of hard to you know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She's got it already. Might as well run with it. I don't know whether whether they're doing that or not. Man, she's got to be more careful, bro. Yeah. It goes back to what I was saying the last episode. We got to watch these spots that you guys are calling in the ring. 
you know, it goes to all, all these wrestlers nowadays. Like, <laughs> can't be doing a million flips if you're super big like that. Like, I was, I, I was at an Evolve show in January. This dude almost fell on his fucking head because he did a moonsault. This guy's 300 pounds with a moonsault. I'm, I'm just thinking right now of Nia Jax and Kyrie yeah. Saint calling the match or whatever, and Nia Jax is not even calling moves, just fucking grabbing Kyrie Saint. Uh, her, oh her call God. for that. Her call for that. She's like, not even calling a move or whatever. <laughs> He's like, like Kyrie Saint just getting thrown around. Why you little bitch there? Uh, <laughs> damn, man. Oh, all right. Um, more Didn't on they the wrong bubble bomb. They what banned was that? the buckle bomb. Yeah, they her, banned right? the buckle bomb. No more buckle bomb. You know what's funny about that, though? They banned the buckle bomb, right? And then I think it, they announced that, I, I think it was on Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday. Then on Wednesday, Brian Cage hits like a crazy buckle bomb on the dude that he was fighting. Yeah. He's like, fuck WWE. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So more on the Raw front. Uh, the greatest match ever. Edge versus Orange. Wrestling match ever. Ugh, man. I like the work that both Edge and Orin are doing when it comes to promos. All right. I like that. But I just hate how the the build, like the 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 machine behind the build, like dubbing it the greatest match ever. And, and you have Ric Flair throwing his two cents and then Shawn Michaels throwing his two cents in there. I'm not into all that. Like, I kind of feel like this is troll work from the WWE. Like, it's not going to be the greatest match ever. What's going to happen is Edge is going to hit a spear and get a one, two, three. Like, like that. That'd be amazing. <laughs> After all this build up, that'd be funny as hell. That, that, uh -oh. I, I kind of feel like they should go in that direction. But do you really want that, though? <laughs> like, with all the build up that you're getting, you know? Like, I know, I know story wise, it'll be funny, but I don't think I really want that. Yeah. Just, when just you're dubbing it the greatest we're, match ever, we're not when you're already dubbing anyway. it that, it's yeah. going to be a disappointment no matter what. Do you think yeah. of it more like when they do like, hey, we're going to have a uh, a retirement thing for Rey Mysterio, and then it's nothing like it? Nah, yeah, that's uh, apples and oranges, you know? Okay. Yeah. That was like a ratings grab to try and get people to, to watch Rey retire and whatever, but this greatest wrestling match ever has just been a... a it's been really like corny as fuck to to be right. honest. That's all the word for corny as fuck is pretty much the way it describes it, and it's going to be a letdown regardless. Uh, you know, wrestling fans they complain about everything and anything, right? Mm -hmm. Even if it's a great show, they'll pick you know Something. two, three, exactly. four oh, absolutely. things. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So if you're going to dub it the greatest wrestling match ever, you're just giving everybody fuel to complain on monday after after it's done that's you why know? i feel like they should go with like a, a three second smash have edge just go out there spear the guy one two three i i like that to be honest with you because right. it, regardless of what happens in there they could potentially give us the greatest wrestling match ever and well they should have never dubbed it. they should have never dubbed the, they exactly. should never gave you that title they should have never done that they could go one hour Broadway, Ric Flair, Steamboat, and still people complain and be like, well, why was it a top? Why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do that? There was too much rest holds and blah, blah, blah. You know, regardless. People will find um, a way to like, bitch about it. Yeah. Right. It, it, it's a stupid PR move. And I know that's a Vince McMahon thing because everybody in the, in the 
office was probably looking at him like, what the fuck? The greatest wrestling match ever? Okay. Good you know shit. I mean? Do you know our fan base? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, all right. Um, on the SmackDown front, a couple things have, have happened. Uh, Jeff Hardy, they're bringing uh, reality, his past, into a story. Uh, they did this. They did this thing last week where you see like this big car wreck, and you see poor Elijah's laying there, and then the the the, the poor the poor fucking indie talent or independent talent, the extras playing cops, just grabbing the fucking just grabbing the alcohol bottle and smell it and be like, "This is Jeff." Like, it's just, <laughs> and the whole segment was just like really, really poorly produced. Uh, if you have Braun Strowman just snitching on people, Renee Young <laughs> is fucking like she's so concerned and shit. Jeff Hardy is instantly just throw like he's just thrown in a bush covered in dirt, and the cops instantly just arrest him because he reeks of alcohol. Right? It's just like whoever wrote it must have been high. <laughs> it's just too much <laughs> happening, man. And I don't know. I I, I don't know. Um, pretty much it led to uh. This week on Friday Night SmackDown, um, Jeff Hardy, you know, obviously Jeff Hardy didn't do it, right? It wasn't it wasn't Jeff Hardy. And it led that Sheamus was the one that did all this. My first question is, if Sheamus did all this, why isn't he in jail? That's one, right? And then two. <sighs> my, my question, my question, did Sheamus do it for The Rock too? No. no. Okay. So here's one thing that I got to say, man. <laughs> if Seamus did it, what the fuck was Jeff doing in that bush? Why was he drunk in the bush? That doesn't well, no, like no, Jeff wasn't. No, Jeff wasn't drunk. What they try, how they try to portray it is, Jeff was hammer driving the car supposedly, right? And then after the accident, Jeff went walking, or whatever, and then you know fell in a bush and whatever because he was so drunk. But what ended up happening is. Seamus did all this, right? Seamus then attacked Jeff, threw him in the bush, and poured alcohol on him. Yeah, that makes total oh. sense. That makes total okay. sense. I could just hear in, in like 10 years, Bruce and Conrad talking about this, and Conrad going, what who the hell was this? Who booked this shit? Yeah, who booked this shit? And you know this is Bruce. This is, this is some horse shit right here, man. Um, you know, it is what it is, though. By the way, we're getting we're getting a Sheamus and Jeff Hardy match at Backlash. Just I'm okay, okay with that. That's about the only good thing coming out of all. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's too much, too much. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot, a lot more possibilities with Sheamus on on that card that you could do besides Jeff Hardy. I understand Jeff was gone for a while. I don't even know if these two have touched uh, ever before. But when I think about Sheamus. Man, I'm thinking about him and AJ Styles. I would like to see him and Daniel Bryan go at it again. They, they've had really good matches in the past. I'm not super psyched for Jeff Hardy Sheamus, to be honest with you. I think that might be a little bit of a Styles clash, but we'll see what happens. All right. Speaking of Styles, speaking of Bryan, we got the final for the Intercontinental Championship happening this Friday. AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan for the IC Championship. I'm stoked for this match, and... All these matches for, like, next week, both Raw, NXT, and SmackDown, they've all been taped. And reports are starting to come coming out. No spoilers, but reports came out that 
Styles versus Brian woke up the the fans, which is NXT talent. They woke them up because the tapings have been long. They're standing for like over five hours during these tapings, right? So I feel bad for the extras in there. But um, this match woke the the audience up, and you know I'm really excited to see this match. And one thing that we we go back and and we got to look at is bringing those NXT talent out there may have given Daniel Bryan and AJ that fuel that they needed to give us uh, an amazing match because even though they're not fans per se, they're not paying you know, to see this, they're getting paid to see it. Um, you're still showing out for your peers. You know what I mean? It's almost like, it's like, like follow this, or this is how you're supposed to do it. Let us show you how to fucking do it. You know what I mean? While all these like young NXT talent are watching going, Oh shit. Yeah. That is how you're supposed to. I, I want to put on a show like that. Right. So right. It, I wonder if there was no fans there, would we have still, or, fans and put the quotes up um would we have gotten such a great match right versus now that we got a couple nxt talent out there we actually got these guys with some fuel in the tank going like all right let's show these young boys how to fucking do it <laughs> so so talking about how they've been putting nxt talents in the audience right first of all I, I feel like the wwe programming has gotten a little bit better like more watchable if that makes any sense like more enjoyable. Well, some, stor- some stories are a little bit too much where it's like, oh, this is just too convoluted. It doesn't have my interest. But at least when it comes to match quality, while I'm watching the match, the NXT talent, the NXT extras has helped out. Mm-hmm. The only thing I don't like about the NXT talents being in the crowd is I don't like the fact that they're wearing other wrestler shirts. I'm not into that. Make them wear tap out gear. Put them in NXT shirts. Don't wear them. Don't make them wear wrestling talent shirts. You don't see AEW, the wrestlers in AEW, wearing, like, their co-worker shirts. You don't see them doing that. Like, that's one thing I'm not into at all. Like, if Chelsea Green just wrestled on, on Wednesday, right, there's no reason why Chelsea Green should be wearing a New Day shirt in the crowd. There's yeah. no reason for it. I'm not into that. But for the most part, um, the, the product has – you know, has gotten my interest a little bit more with now we have somewhat of an audience. Yeah, the shirts thing is pretty much like an extended commercial kind of, you know what I mean? Like um they just they just want like product placements. Yeah, their shirts to be shown on, on TV so people could buy their shit. Um my my thing is they put up like this glass barrier or glass barrier that you know we've seen in hockey games and things like that. I'm worried that they're going to keep that after this whole virus thing is over. I don't want that shit. Well, you know what? As a viewer, I don't personally mind it because I don't want to see that slap dick in NXT. The green shirt, green <laughs> shirt. Piece of garbage. And I don't want to see the other goofy motherfucker on Raw and SmackDown with the long hair either. The so guy? I personally don't mind it. <laughs> <laughs> they should make him tinted. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm not a fan of it, man. I'm, I'm really not. And to be honest with you, I don't know how much protection you're actually going to be getting. From that. I thought yeah. of that too, Sam. I thought of that too. Like, yo, is this going to be like a new norm? So this is what I think. I'm going to meet you halfway. I feel like once fans are going to like start coming to these WWE events, I would not be surprised if they have that at first. But eventually, I feel like they're going to remove that. Because think about it. 
You're going to see like everybody in the front row putting their stubby little fucking hands on the glass, leaving their handprints on it or whatever. That's not like, you know, necessarily yeah. like, you know, sanitary, clean, sanitary, yeah. clean. Yeah, so I don't a- see that happening in the long run, like maybe at first. And I'm, that's a very high maybe. You know what I'm saying? Maybe. But uh, I, I don't see it happening because it's not it's not cleansy. Like it's not clean. Like having dirty ass handprints on the fucking screen, you know, on the fucking, you know, the glass. It's not clean at all. Yeah, you bring a kid, they're going to smush their face up against it. And, I see you. I see you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. And then the potential of fucking, like, somebody accidentally getting, like, winged into one of those things and having them fall on top of a fan, like. I hope it falls on the piece of garbage fan in NXT. I hope that glass <laughs> hits them. You deserve it. Yep. <laughs> that fucking scumbag. All right, but, but, uh, hold on, but, more but, on the SmackDown front, and I want—I definitely want to hear Sam's thoughts on this, right? Because mm-hmm. I know Sam is a big fan of both of them. So Bailey and Sasha Banks, the Boss and Hug Connection, are tag team champions. Sasha Banks grabbing some gold. I'm for it. I've been very critical on Sasha Banks in the past, but ever since she's made her return, I feel like she's done a complete 180. I feel like. She stepped it up, stepped it up in the ring. She's playing a phenomenal heel. I don't like her playing second to Bailey, cause you know what, folks? Bailey still doesn't matter. She's your women's champion that nobody gives a shit about. Another thing, you know what I don't like about Bailey being a heel? What? It feels forced. It feels like an act when she's talking. I don't like it. The fact that Bailey's a double champion is atrocious. It's more atrocious than Mandy Rose and Otis making out. Oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree, man. I love this. I'm so shocked. I love that they put the titles back on them. And I love how they did you see the WW.com extra where they were kicking and screaming with the titles and like kind of trolling all the, I I did. I I like what it, what it was supposed to stand for, but guess what? Bailey still comes out fake. Not believable for me at all. You know where this is going though. No, I know where this is going. I know where this is going, but Bailey being the women's champion, nobody cares about, and it's forgettable then I feel like it might be working a little bit because if you hate her that much, right, then she actually might be doing a pretty decent job of being a heel, right? If you really don't want her to be the champion, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, no, 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 no. It. Listen, I like heels. I'm a heel guy. Heel is my MO. Her being a heel does nothing for me because you know what? It feels forced. When Sasha Banks is a heel, like forget about her because she's playing a second right now. When Sasha Banks was a heel and NXT did something for me. Charlotte being a heel does something for me. Miz being a heel does something for me. You get what I'm trying to say? Bailey, when she's a heel, she's not a heel. She's playing heel. It's like playing wrestler. What Bailey's doing, you know what? It it seems too over the top for me. That segment that you were talking about, the WWE exclusive, WWE.com exclusive, when they're kicking and screaming or whatever. It feels too much with Bailey. I can't believe what I'm watching when it comes to Bailey. It feels like an act. It does not yeah. feel real. It doesn't feel, listen to the word, authentic. Yeah, and here, here's where I'll meet you. 
I feel like Bailey's whole main roster WWE run has been forced and didn't feel authentic because in NXT, they did a great job of making her feel right. like the underdog. When she right. came in in WWE, they threw the title on her and had her win at WrestleMania 32, if I'm not mistaken, right? Did she win at 32 or was it 31? I, not no, no, 31. It was, uh, she made her WrestleMania debut at 33. Because remember, she was the last 33. of the horse, horse women that got, you know, moved up. And she won, right? She came in as champion and defended that title, didn't she? Which, which that was a mistake to begin with. She should have won the title at Mania, at not Mania. the pay before that. Yeah. Right. So the whole – here's what I meet with that. The whole WWE stretch with Bayley has been – it's felt forced. It really has. But when it comes to this situation, where you're talking about Sasha and Bailey, we all want to see the rematch from Brooklyn takeover, right. right? Right. So they've dropped the ball multiple times trying to play out this story. I feel like they're finally doing an okay, not great, not good, okay, okay job. I'll, I'll meet you there. The you know what? Work. I'll meet you there, Sam. You know what? Yeah. It's rare. It's rare <laughs> when we go at it and go at it, and then somehow we kind of find an agreement. I will say this: the yeah. story they're trying to tell between Sasha Banks and Bailey, it's not great. I still don't like Bailey, but it's an okay job they're doing. I'll give you yeah. that. I'll give you that. <laughs> exactly. I'll it's give okay. you that. And I feel bad for Nikki Cross and Alexa, though. I feel I feel ah. bad that they're the casualties in this. She'll be all right. They'll both be all right. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Once, once, and you know, who? Here's what I'll say: They're probably gonna drop the titles back to Alexa and Nikki Cross right around SummerSlam time. You know what I mean? And that's gonna lay that groundwork for the whole dissension and breakup. And I feel like we're finally gonna get in Boston. Who knows if it'll be canceled or not? Well, no, I, I, I highly doubt it's going to be in Boston, but yeah. I, I know we're getting that match. We have to get that match at SummerSlam. That yeah. match is happening. Yeah. Now, Absolutely. do I see it happening in Boston? No. But I potentially see it happening somewhere else with maybe fans. Yeah. Florida. If, if yeah, in Florida in a closed studio. <laughs> but um, if it does happen in Boston, that'll be a great – moment for Sasha Banks because she's going to wind up winning the title in right, her hometown. Right. And, you know, and if it's not canceled, I'm going to say a sold out TD Bank Center because people are going to fucking rush to go back to wrestling. You know what I mean? So um, we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out if, if it comes out the way that we think. I just hope that it doesn't go left because we've seen this almost happen. And, and then, then it, it goes went left. left. It yeah. went fucking left. Yeah, so let's let's hope that our prediction is correct this time because Okay. Um let's talk about let's talk about Impact. Diana Perrazzo, she signed with Impact Wrestling. She'll be making her debut this week. The Virtuoso uh, on Tuesday night. I I'm happy for Diana Perrazzo. Uh you know, Impact Wrestling, their women's roster might be the second, if not the best, women's roster in wrestling. You know, we talk we praise NXT's women's roster a lot. But Impact's women's roster is right there. Definitely is right women's there. roster is amazing. They've been mentioning, teasing, bringing back the 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 knockouts tag titles like they had back in the day, which the knockouts tag titles didn't really mean much before because that, that was during like the Eric Bischoff era where everything was kind of just like WCW light. Yeah. But yeah. now, you know, you have a very strong division with the right guys, you know, running the ship. So I think it would be a great time to bring back the knockouts tag titles 
in Impact Wrestling. I'm happy for Deanna Perrazzo. If you guys are not familiar with her work, do you, do your research. What you saw in NXT, that's not even a fraction of what she's really about. Mm-mm. She she's amazing worker. She's super underrated. Definitely do your research, guys, on Deanna Perrazzo, and I'm super happy for her. One thing I gotta do is I gotta give Impact Wrestling props. While WWE cut 45, 50 people off their roster, this is two signings back to back where you get that girl um Steel, right? What's her name? Something Steel. Tasha Steels, yeah. Tasha Steel. And then yeah, you got the Prado. They're they're building their roster. And I I think it has to go back with travel restrictions i think that tessa is in, in mexico, mexico or something like yeah. that and you got yeah, a we're gonna talk other, about that situation a little bit yeah you got a couple other you know people that just can't get to where they're taping these situations and i, I feel like travel restrictions have really in the long run have kind of hurt AEW's storytelling even though that they're making lemonade out of lemons but um yeah, man, I got to give props to Impact for, for actually hiring people in the middle of a pandemic, giving them an opportunity to, you know, provide for themselves and their family, you know? Right. <clears throat> so you mentioned Tessa Blanchard. Uh, they announced this week on Impact Wrestling. Well, actually, they put a press release here. They will be making a decision this coming Tuesday on the World Championship. Now, for those that don't know, Tessa Blanchard has been stuck in Mexico with her boyfriend, Daga. Um, they're together. She's living in Mexico due to travel restrictions, you know, due to COVID and everything else happening in the world. Um, she can't travel. So it kind of seems like they might be potentially uh, stripping her from the title. If they decide to go this route, I'm interested to see where does Moose play into all this? Cause he's saying that he's the real world champion holding that TNA championship. And then you have Austin, Ace Austin, that just won the number one contendership tournament. So what do you do here? You know, um, if I was a betting man, if I was a betting man, which that leads to another topic we're going to talk about when it comes to Impact Wrestling. I think you put you if you strip Tessa for that title at Slammiversary, which is their next pay per view, you put that shit in a ladder match. Maybe mo- make it a multi man ladder match for that. You know, to crown a new champion. That's what I would do. Um, but I don't know. We got to wait and see what happens Tuesday. Uh, Sam, what's your thoughts? I honestly wouldn't be upset if they put Moose versus, you know, Ace Austin. And, you know, I would put the title on Moose, have him walk around with both the titles. You know what right. I mean? And then That's actually Tessa, not a bad idea. Yeah, and then when Tessa comes back, have her, you know, confront Moose. And I think that that would be – That'd be great. That'd be money. You know what I mean? Seeing a little short Tessa walk up to Moose. Like, Good. You know? <laughs> that's going to be funny as hell. But yeah, I think that's the route that I would go. But I wouldn't put a pass on to put it in a ladder match, too, because that's very impact booking. That's very like the way that they would probably go with it. So. You know, I actually I actually really like your idea, too, man. Um, the The only the only like nugget I would throw at that is the fact that they're both heels, but that doesn't really matter at this point in no. you know point in time with you know the, the situation. But I actually, I don't know, man. I, I'm kind of into like Moose holding two titles and being a yeah. jerk about it. Yeah, and talking shit. <laughs> He's very easy to hate that dude. <laughs> yeah. and, and you know what? With uh, 
with the with the moose angle that he's doing right now, saying that he's the world world champion, I've really been enjoying his work with this uh, gimmick that he's doing. I, I think this might be some of the best work Moose has ever done in his whole career. Yeah, and I I don't think he should ever leave Impact unless he's going to like AEW because I feel like if they they tried that same thing in in WWE, it just wouldn't work. I think that no, he he's doing great work where I think he needs to look at how some of these other guys have been booked in WWE because once his contract's up, I feel like he should stay in Impact and be one of those cornerstones of Impact. You know what right. I mean? Get your money in Impact. That's the way That's I see right. it. Um, New Japan, New Japan Pro Wrestling. We haven't talked about them much, but they did announce this week that they will be holding a press conference uh, on Monday. Now, mm-hmm. everybody's speculating that we're going to get some New Japan shows in the near future. Uh, Sam, we'll start with you. What's your thoughts on New Japan? I miss New Japan, man. I miss it. Me too, I man. Hope, I hope that the press conference is them saying that Wrestle Dynasty will come to New York in 2021. Well, that's you happening. I mean? That's definitely going to happen. It's not going to happen this year, but it's going to happen next year. Yeah, they, yeah, they New Japan say... They in New Japan say that they're gonna start going back to um to live shows. Wasn't that the the release that they did last week? No, 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 no. They they haven't officially announced that. What they announced uh. was the parent company that owns both New Japan and Stardom is that the Japan they already made clearance to start up live uh. shows, but they never made a formal announcement. Oh, okay, okay. That's what I okay, that's what I read. Go ahead, yep. Sam. Sorry. So I, I'm just I'm just hoping that we get something because it's man, I miss it. That's that's some of the best wrestling out there, you know. It, some people could say that their booking sometimes can be predictable, but their booking makes sense. Right. They, you know, and the matches are incredible. I miss it, to be honest with you. Let me and, let me tell you something, dude. I actually miss waking up at four in the morning to watch New Japan. Yeah, it's something to do. You know, it's I, something I to miss, look forward to. I miss waking up early to watch New Japan. Um, like think about it. We missed the New Japan Cup. We missed the best of the Super Juniors. Like I think this week made a year that we got uh, Shingo Takaki versus uh, Will Ospreay during the best of the Super Juniors final. And that, that was our match of the year in 2019. So I, I missed it. I really missed New Japan. Think Osprey. about it. Naito, Naito was double champion. Moxie regained the United States champion. Uh, we didn't know where Will Ospreay was going to go next. Uh, fucking... Tanahashi and Kota Bushi are your tag champions. You know what I'm saying? There was so much happening. And then I think it was like, what, late February? They were like, they put the kibosh on future events due to the COVID. They were more woke than everybody else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we haven't, New Japan has been quiet. But uh, I miss New Japan, dude. I really do. Yeah. So hopefully this press conference, you know, will bring some good news. Okay. Uh, oh, Leo, do you have any thoughts on New Japan at all? Well, no, and and that's the thing. Like, there's nothing on TV right now. There's nothing right. on a live show that you can go to. So right. I think if they get ahead and they're – because Japanese fans have always – they've been ahead of this curve anyways. I mean, when you went to Japan, you said everybody had a face mask on. Everybody was, you know, real cautious of that's what they the, that's did. That's the norm over there. So I think you, it, it'll be a homely – if they're the ones that are able to get the fans in there first. Right. So you, you're going to get a lot of these fans that will actually tune in just to watch wrestling with fans. And this is and this is what I mean by that. So you guys know I like soccer. Soccer has been out of action just like every other sport. 
But about two weeks ago, you had the Bundesliga start, which is the German league. I think only Germans watch that league. But every soccer fan that first day watched the Bundesliga because that was the first soccer you've seen in a while. So now right. with wrestling, with New Japan, having fans in, in, in the show itself, you're going to get new people that would tune in to watch this. So to, to your point, I could easily see once New Japan makes the announcement that wrestling is coming back, like they're going to start doing live events, their subscriptions are probably going to go up. Yeah. They, I could they, definitely see that happening. And, and, and that's the thing. It, it, I was watching a video today, and I didn't know that Bam Bam Bigelow and Vader tag team and were actual tag team champions in New Japan. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I found that out today. What do I mean by that? This is stuff that, you know what? You can even throw those old matches into your your subscription that that you have, you know what I mean? Like yeah, would, they have they have it in New Japan World. They do have where yeah, you can go back to like. But that's what you I'm can saying. Go pretty much, yeah. Like I will go back just to watch Vader and Bam Bam Bigelow basically destroy everybody in New Japan. Right. You know. I don't think I don't think there's English dub, but you can watch in Japanese. Uh, hey. I know a lot. I know a lot of people out here that that prefer the Japanese commentary. <laughs> Bro, a, a punch is, a punch is a punch. That's all I know. <laughs> you I know. Do. <laughs> but a lot of the time yeah. I'll watch New Japan in the, in the Japanese commentary because they they're hype, bro. They get fucking wild. You, you have <laughs> no idea what they're saying. You just know it's it's must see TV. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> it's kind of like the Spanish commentary for like AAA and shit. So. Right. <laughs> right. Yep. Go ahead. Hey, you know what? It, it's yeah. funny you mentioned that because when Triple H Triple H when Triple A was running shows and I would watch it on Twitch, they have a you know their regular channel, and then they have like an English channel. I watch it in Spanish because English commentary is atrocious. Well, first of all, because the, the two guys that they have on there, English is not their first language, nor are they proficient in it. So it's kind of hard terrible. to hear them. It's kind of hard to hear them trying to find the words to say and then say them. But you're already like three moves ahead. So right, right. I'm just, I'm just saying. Right. Okay. Um, NXT. We're having a takeover. Tonight in your house, the return of in your house. Hopefully they actually bring the house in the gimmick, right? But before we talk about in your house, I want to talk about two things. One, Matt Riddle, Timothy Thatcher, a cage fight. Yo, this was better than the Lions then. The creation they did in NXT was the the fact that it had like two different platforms. uh, Man, the match was great. It was brutal. It was very Bloodsport-esque. Mm-hmm. And the right guy went over. You know, Riddle did the job on his way out. And we should be seeing Riddle anytime soon in, in SmackDown. So I'm happy for Riddle moving on to SmackDown. And this match was great. Sam? Yeah, I think you, you hit all the points there. I like how they took the ropes off, put the cage up. I would actually love to see this match get implemented a lot more moving forward. I would love to see Brock in a match like this. Right. I like to see Riddle, uh, you know, continue doing this. This could be, you know, something Thatcher can that can continue moving forward. Um, man, I loved it. I loved it. it. And I feel like if an MMA fan that doesn't watch wrestling saw that it might actually bring them back to wrestling because most MMA fans used to watch in the Attitude Era anyway. So right. I feel like that that kind of match could actually bring new fans or older fans back. Mm-hmm. You know, I I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it, man. And um, it, was, it was, like you said, it was the right move with Riddle, you know, 
passing the baton, if you will, is we're going to see him going to SmackDown. He he wasn't there this week, right? Because I didn't I didn't watch SmackDown. No, 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 no. Now, yeah. one I don't know if you guys uh, noticed it, but one of the things that I did like about it uh, in this uh, match is that the referees on the outside kind of look like prison guards. Did you notice that, like when they were up on like the it thing? Kinda, it kind of does look like that. It, it now kinda, that I think it, about it, that, it's like you know what the 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 cage is very prison esque. Yeah. So like to, yeah. to me, when I saw it, I'm like, okay, I, I kind of see where they're going with like the. They're in the cage. They can't leave. It's kind of like a, a prison fight. You know how they do like right, the movies. Right. So it got, to me, that's the feel that I got from it. Now, it, that was the way to do it. You had to have him lose because he's moving on. You know, Riddle is moving on. You can't have a win all the time. But I mm-hmm. think that loss didn't take anything from anyone because it was something new. It was something fresh. It was something clean. You know, you, you needed that to kind of... And it goes back to what we were talking about before, where, okay, you don't have the fans. Okay, you don't have the live aspect. But this, I didn't even care about the people that were not outside. Because this made me focus on what was in the ring. You know, yeah. it was something new. That's what we're asking for. And Triple H oh. did say Triple H did say that this this uh match will become a, a NXT exclusive. So we're probably gonna see more of this when it's the right, you know, two individuals or whatever. And I like it. I like it, man. I, I think it's something new. It's something different. I told you it's better than the Lions Den. Mm-hmm. Uh, not shitting on the Lions Den because I enjoyed it for that time. But this is this was great. I enjoyed everything about it. I think the next time we'll see the smash is when Pete Dunn returns and he avenges uh, Timothy Thatcher, you know, beating his, his bro, if you will. <laughs> I like that. See what you did there. All right. Uh, uh, thing. Another thing that happened this week, we got the final of the Cruiserweight Championship tournament. Uh, El Hijo de Fantasma versus Drake Maverick. And here we go into the debate. Was it a work or was it a shoot when it comes to Drake Maverick? This is what I think happened. All right. Now, for those that don't know, Hijo de Fantasma did go over. The right guy did go over winning that Cruiserweight Championship. And then Drake Maverick crying. The, the, the fans, if you will, throwing his roses, saying, thank you, Drake. Thank you, Drake. And then Triple H came out, you know, Papa Papa Hunter, and gave him an NXT contract. This is what I think happened. I think the release did happen. All the releases did happen. When Drake put out that video and saw how much traction it got, I think Triple H took notice and was like, give them to me. I could do something with him because keep in mind he was in he was with the WWE contract, NXT contracts and WWE contracts are very different. So he was an, under a WWE contract, and when Triple H saw the traction and how people were emotionally invested in Drake Maverick and the story they were going to tell in this tournament, like think about it, Drake Maverick could have been eliminated first round, like not even have a chance, lose mm-hmm. every match in this tournament, yeah. but he didn't. They started building this story. So I think Triple H talked to Vince and they came to some agreement and then they probably started negotiating and then we got this, uh, you know, him signing a new deal with NXT. I, I Drake Maverick to me doesn't seem like the guy that would be for kind of like not making fun of the releases, but kind of playing with the the fans. You know what I'm saying? Playing with our emotions. He doesn't seem like that type of guy to do something like that. 
And I'm happy for Drake. I just hope that they do something with him. You know, I don't want this just, just to be kind of like a Cinderella story where he did, you know, get what he won, which his job. But then if you don't do nothing with them, then it's kind of pointless, you know, like do something with them. Yeah, I feel like if it was a work, man, they got to give that boy an Oscar or something because that was some damn good acting. You know what I mean? Like right. that might have been the best acting that WWE wrestlers ever done, you know, ever. But um, yeah, I agree with you on everything that you said. Uh, I spoke to you uh, yesterday about the match itself and I was saying his storytelling is off the charts. Uh, if he was a foot taller, he would be looked at totally different in this business because he he's short. You know, he's never, I feel, ever going to hold the WWE championship, you know, universal title or any of the, the main, you know, championships that we think of. But if he was a foot taller, that dude, had champion has champion written all over him. He could tell a fucking story in the ring. He doesn't need the mic to tell it, and that that's one of the main things that you look for in a professional wrestler. When we were watching that match, I was sitting there, I was like, "Damn, he's doing a fucking great job making me care." And when he lost, I was like, "Damn, that's that's the damn shame, man. He, he's gone." And then you know, here comes Hunter with the, the contract. The one thing that I didn't like <laughs> is when he gave him the contract. The faces he was making, like in his like, <laughs> admit like, I hate you, almost, almost took everything that he worked so hard for in the match and over these past few months, like it almost took everything away. And I was like, this bitch, motherfucker, what's wrong with this guy? Like, like, like man, yo, no. man, he's an emotional guy, bro. I <laughs> know the fucking the under. Look, man, listen, look, hold on, wait, 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 hold on. If this would have happened at a live show, like let's say like at a pay-per-view or something, right? Like at a takeover. And we were there. I guarantee your ass would have been emotional. Yes, he would have cried. I wouldn't have had to lick. I wouldn't have to <laughs> But you still cry. I might have You would have been emotional. You would have been emotional. I'm not gonna be like Move here, come here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say I will say to add on to what you're saying about Drake Maverick. People forget when he was in TNA. He went toe-to-toe with a lot of heavyweights, like Kurt Angle. He went toe-to-toe with Kurt Angle and put on a great performance. This guy could work and, like you said, could tell a great story. It's just, you know, when it comes to WWE, there's that that stigma, you know, whether people try to say there isn't a stigma anymore. Look at guys like Adam Cole, like Adam Cole succeeding Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles, blah, blah, blah. Drake Maverick, he's just a – he's different. You know what I'm saying? He's little. He's little. He's not 5'8". He's not 5'8". He's a small guy. He's like 5'5". Is he shorter than Rey Mysterio? I think Uh, so. I think Rey's like 5'6". Maybe. I mean, and if they're the same height, Rey probably looks big because he's bulkier. Yeah. Not only that, the mask does so much for Rey, I feel like. Yeah. You know, no pun intended, that mystery, you know, and, you know, he was one of the, the first luchadors to, to come up here and really show out, you know, mm-hmm. it, with, with Drake. I just, man, that bottom lip, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Oh, man. Okay, let's talk about TakeOver. Let's talk about uh what's happening tonight. Um, They just added this match this week. We're going to get a... A three-on-three, we're going to get Mia Yim, Mia Yim, Shotzi Blackheart, Tegan Knox versus Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, and Raquel Gonzalez. Listen, all these six women could work. 
obviously there's different stories here with Kansas Ray feuding with Mia Yim, and then they kind of threw T and Knox in there. And then obviously the history between T and Knox and Dakota Kai. I think the heels got to go over on this one. Um, while I like Mia Yim, I like Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox. I think the heels need to go over on this one. That's just my opinion. What do you think, Sam? I'm going. I'm going to go baby faces on this one. Okay. Um, I agree with you that the heels need to go over, but I feel like the baby faces are going to go over on this one. Okay. Um, one thing I will say is Raquel Gonzalez has money written all over her, and that could be a potential feud with Bianca Belair or Rhea Ripley down the line. This- Sheasel. She's yeah. she's she's uh, she's yeah, exactly. Like that. She's big mama cool. <laughs> yeah, big mama cool. Big she's old, bro. She does have money rent all over. She just gotta yeah. you know what it is with Raquel Gonzalez too? She has a look. She just gotta tighten up a little bit in the ring and she tightens up a little bit her in-ring work. She does have money. Rent yeah. all over. Yeah, she's intimidating to say the least. But um, yeah, what's the next match, bro? Oh, Leo, what 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 do you think? I think the heels go over, man. You you gotta. We've lost the art of the heels going over, more than once. I think in in our day and age that we're going through right now, like oh, you're pushing the heels. Hello, the heels are supposed to win because ultimately, when your baby faces go over, you're supposed to have that satisfaction. Now this goes back to the whole thing where people don't know how to fail nowadays. Have the baby faces fail a couple of times, not just once, a couple of times, because then that payoff is going to be a lot bigger. That's what I think. So have the heels go over. Um, next match we got Finn Balor versus Damian Priest, and you know what? Looking at this card right now, like I feel like it's going to be a a heel night, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to Finn Balor and Damian Priest. If Finn Balor does, catches the win, it does nothing for him. Mm-hmm. Damian Priest wins, it does a lot for him. So Damian Priest has to go over. That's my pick. Yeah, I agree with you there. I definitely agree with you there. This could be an, um, a night that makes Damian Priest credible to a lot of people. And uh, I feel like he was already credible, but he, like the old saying, who did he ever beat? You know what I mean? You've heard of that. Who did he ever beat? Well, Finn Balor is the first universal champion. You know what I mean? The, the original member of the Bullet Club and everything like that. I think it does way more for him if he goes over than Finn Balor just running over him tonight. So even though the story kind of feels like Finn should win, I feel like you got to have Damian Priest go over if you're trying to build somebody, you know, a new potential superstar. Right. Leo? I, hey, Punishment Martinez has always been my boy. Well, I don't know about Punishment Martinez, but I'm a fan of Damian Priest. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> that's why I said it. <laughs> All right. Um, for the North American Championship, Keith Lee will defend against Johnny Gargano. You know, this is going to be a very unpopular opinion that I'm going to say right now. But since the Dijak match that Keith Lee had at Takeover a couple months ago, Dijakovic. after he made a successful defense. To me, Keith Lee as North American champion has been kind of forgettable. I think it ain't really necessarily his fault. I think part of it is the fans. There's no fans, so that does not help. But he's kind of been a forgettable North American champion. And with Johnny Gargano obviously taking on this new role as a heel character, 
I think it kind of would benefit him, um, you know, reclaiming some gold. I'm going with Johnny. That's what I would like to see. And maybe Keith Lee moves on. Maybe for the world championship in NXT, who knows? I don't know. Or maybe Keith Lee goes in a different direction. But I'm going with Johnny on this one. Mm. Yeah, I, I got to agree with Keith Lee losing steam. And I think it has a lot to do with the fans not being there. And just the virus in general, just the way that they've been having to book things with the, the Cruiserweight uh, tournament pretty much taking up the bulk of the show. Um, man, I I kind of like this Johnny Gargano heel character. I think he does a great job on the mic. You know yeah. what I mean? I think it's really showing his range. And I uh, – man. I'm going to go with Keith Lee, but I really enjoy uh, what Johnny's doing, man. I really enjoy it. Bill? I think uh, in the main roster, you need kind of like that, that not big name, but I think you need that big presence. You need that, that it factor, and I think Keith Lee has it. Um, and all the reports that you're moving Dijak up to the main roster, you're moving him up to Raw. I think it'll be good to have Keith Lee kind of do that second because you, you've been having them paired together in NXT on and right. off. So follow that going into the main roster because they're able to show. They're able to play off each other. You know what I mean? So I think right. Argano wins. You have Keith Lee not go for the title but actually show up on Raw. Okay. Uh, triple threat match for the NXT Women's Championship. You have Charlotte Flair defending against Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai. If I'm going to go with my heart, I would love to see Io Shirai finally get this championship. That's me talking out of my heart here, right? Because I love Io Shirai. But if I have to be realistic here, part of me thinks that Charlotte's going to retain, man. Um, mm-hmm. The thing, the issue that I have with Charlotte, it's how they're booking her. I don't need to see her on every fucking show. You sure? Too much, man. Charlotte equals ratings. What do you mean? No, it doesn't. If you look at the numbers, it doesn't. <laughs> Charlotte does not equal ratings. Um, so WWE gets a congratulations for that. But I love Charlotte. I don't want, you know, I'm okay with her being champion. But I don't need to see her on every show. And I don't know, man. WWE, the higher-ups of WWE, they have a hard-on for Charlotte. So, pardon me, thinks that they're not going to have her drop the title yet. Maybe they'll drop, have her drop the title at TakeOver Boston or TakeOver soon to be, you know, determined wherever the place is going to be at. Yeah, TBA. But, uh, my, my heart says Io Shirai, but there's rumors of, you know, they're possibly going to call up Io Shirai. So, you honestly don't know. I'm going to say Charlotte, but I want Io Shirai to win. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with you. Uh, and if, if I was going to go with my heart pick, that would be Rhea Ripley. Um, but, yeah, I don't think Charlotte is dropping the title anytime soon. They they right. didn't put that title on her for for just a, a little bit. I feel like that's going to build down the line to her and Ripley getting a one-on-one situation. And then, you know, Ripley finally going over and getting her just due. But, yeah, Charlotte. Charlotte for the win. Leo. Charlotte. Okay. Charlotte, they, they need they need to add some prestige to that title. And whether we like it or not, whether she's being pushed down our throats every week, Charlotte is Charlotte. 
I mean, you you need to have her have a title and not have the 22-time women's champion. Like, that's going to get old quick. (laughs) So I think having her go for the NXT, you kind of leave that on the side because what is she, like 12-time women's champion in the WWE? I think that's what they're dubbing her. I believe it's 11 or 12 times. Yeah, so, I mean, and she's only been with the company, like, I don't even think 12 years. Listen, she's gonna she's gonna break Flair's record. She is her father's record. She's definitely breaking the thirty nine time world champion. <laughs> like, no, so but no, keep her in NXT because it adds to the to the brand. You bring legitimacy to the brand itself, where you have these top tier talents be part of the brand. So Charlotte stays there. Good. All right, uh, a match that I'm really really looking forward to, especially because. This dude's promos have been amazing. Is Karrion Cross, formerly Killer Cross, versus Tommaso Ciampa? I am looking forward to this match. And my boy, Killer Cross, Karrion Cross is going over because Tommaso Ciampa losing is not going to hurt him. Mm-hmm. Karrion needs this win. Yeah. Especially the way you're building him. Right. Absolutely. I don't think anybody's going to disagree with that. You know what I mean? Uh, Killer Cross needs this win to solidify him um, as like a top tier guy. And we see that they're going to be pushing this guy. You see his entrance. He's got a great look. And, uh, you know, he's worked his ass off for it. So, you know, Killer Cross for a win. Um, man, it just it makes me think about how they did fucking Lance Archer. How they did right. his ass so dirty, bro. <laughs> right. But let's not go into that. Killer Cross for the win. Uh, Leo? Hold on. Damn, on. We lost carry Leo? on. Carry on. Hold on. Carry on. Oh, okay. 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 All right. So, main event in a return of the back lot brawl, we got Adam Cole and Velveteen Dream. Now, before we get, get into our predictions when it comes to this match, a lot of rumors have been coming out with Adam Cole. And one of the rumors is there's mixed reports. Some people are saying that his contract expires in August. Other people saying that he still has like another year left. We don't know. Right. What I will say is as much as Adam Cole, what I I would love, it would be awesome. Him going to AEW and reuniting with the league. I think we all would love that. But does AEW really need him? Absolutely not. They have a stacked roster. Very stacked roster. I'm not saying I'm completely ruling it out where Adam Cole can't potentially go to AEW, but I, I just don't think it will happen. I think he'll stay with the WWE. He's been treated amazing in WWE. To me, Adam Cole, they need to treat him like 90 Shawn Michaels when he gets moved on to Raw or SmackDown or wherever else he goes after his time in NXT is done. They need to push him to the moon, give him a mid-card title, have him help hold that title a while, and then move him out to the World Championship division. They need to book him like 90 Shawn Michaels. I don't see him leaving to, to go to AEW. Not saying that I would hate it if he went, but AEW's roster stacked. They, they, you know, I feel like if Adam Cole was to go there, Besides him doing, you know, reuniting with the Bucks and, you know, you could probably tell a story with him and Kenny Omega and stuff. Kind of be lost in the shuffle a little bit. AEW doesn't need him. They have a stacked roster as it is. I know a lot of people would like to see it happen. Would I love to see him reunite with the Bucks and, and Cody and Omega? Absolutely. But they don't need him. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that, man. And uh, I think he's very happy in NXT. He hasn't had that that WWE run just yet, and I feel like that's what it's going to take for him to see if he actually fits in there. Because he obviously fits in in NXT. He's the champ, right? But that main roster run will determine whether or not, you know what I mean, he actually goes to AEW down the line. So I don't see him going either. Uh, if he does go to AEW, it'll be in five years. You know, right. what his second contract is up. And to add on to what you're saying about, you know, him going on to Raw or SmackDown, that's going to determine if he can hang. Personally, I know he can hang. You know why? Because we've seen it with him and Seth Rollins. We've seen it with him and Daniel Bryan. So we know he can hang. It all depends on the booking they give this guy. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like, if he fits in with Vince's vision. It's, it's, we've, <laughs> we've seen a ton of great talent not fit in with Vince's vision. So, yeah, uh, as for the pick, man, I think uh, I think we go with Velveteen on this one. Uh, I'm going with Velveteen. I'm going to go with Cole, and I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to go with Cole because – it's, it goes back to the COVID situation. Velveteen Dream has lost a lot of fucking steam. He, I'm, I'm kind of not interested in him right now. And, and does maybe the allegations also play a factor? Some of the allegations yeah. that came out, absolutely. I think it does play a factor. But even before the allegations, man, it just goes to show you how some talent need that fan base. They need the crowd, and Velveteen Dream is one of those characters. I, you know, I, I kind of haven't had much interest in Velveteen Dream like that. There's rumors of him getting uh, moved on to Raw or SmackDown. If that does happen, I don't see him winning the championship. Um, I, I'm going with Cole. My pick is Adam Cole. Uh, Leo, and we lost Leo. <laughs> I think we lost Leo. All right. Really? We lost Leo. Leo's not here. I don't know what happened to Leo. I think he's gone. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Well, that's NXT TakeOver. I don't know where Leo went, but we're going to still continue the show. Now, um, I think it would be ignorant on our part, very ignorant, if we kind of just, like, ignore what's happening in the world right now, you know? I think it would be yeah. very... Like, we have this platform to talk, you know, behind the mic. Yeah, we, we have our shenanigans. We, we do our debates. We don't agree on everything. Sometimes we do agree on stuff. Um, we laugh. We, we, you know, we bust balls. We talk shit. I talk shit. You know, I love to talk shit. But sometimes a real life really hits you in the face. And what's been going on right now in the world today, I think we need to address it. Do you agree with me? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, first and foremost, I'm going to start it off like this. Black Lives Matter. You know, you got a problem with that? You can stop fucking watching us. All right? You can, you know, fuck that whole All Lives Matter bullshit. All lives don't matter until Black Lives Matter. All right. I'm, I'll, I'll start this off, man. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but I used to be a police officer. I used to work for Burlington Township Police Department. My badge number was uh, 97. And, uh, man, I would be remiss to say that white supremacy 
is not rampant in all police departments. All police departments. First and foremost, if you live in the suburbs, look on your police department's website and if they have like a bio of the, all your officers, see how many are minorities. It's not many. Not only is there a white supremacy problem in the police departments, there is a police supremacy problem. And it starts in the academy. <clears throat> when I was in the academy, more than, way more than once, did I hear that we are better, right? And it, it comes down to being held to a different standard, right. right? Which cops should be held to a different standard. But at the end of the day, you bleed red just like everybody else. You suck in the same oxygen everybody else does. You're not better than anybody. Do you need to live your life better if you decide to put a badge on your chest and walk out of the house with a gun on your hip? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's your job now. But you're not okay. better than anybody. A lot of these protests wouldn't turn violent if the police weren't reaching out with violence if they weren't going out there pepper spraying tear gassing people tear gas you can't even use that in wartime and we're using that against our own civilians it's disgusting what happened to george floyd it gets me upset um i'm raising four afro latino kids i worry about them um Something needs to change. Mm -hmm. I walked away from the job because I didn't fit in with my department because of the whole supremacy problem. There was a culture there, and I don't know if it still exists because it's been years since I've worked there, but there was a culture there where they wanted me to write tickets that I felt were unnecessary that were bullshit. I was pulling people over and I would let them go because I would pull them over for a minor infraction and they would get upset with me because I wouldn't write the ticket. But at the end of the day, why would I inconvenience somebody that lives in the township that I'm protecting for a minor infraction just so the township can make bullshit money? Money grab. Fuck money, Fuck money if you will. So you're saying there's a quota? No, there's no quota because here's <laughs> here's one thing that I'll I'll tell you yeah. about the job. It is a stressful, stressful fucking job. Mm -hmm. Very stressful because you are meeting people at their most distraught consistently. Whether you're going to a medical emergency, whether you're breaking up a domestic violence situation, when you're showing up as a police officer, you're showing up at a time where the person is either one of the most distraught in their life and it's going to be burned into their brain forever, how you act. Right. So it is a stressful fucking job to begin with. And if the police departments put a quota on cops on top of the shit that they have to deal with on a daily basis, cops already killed themselves more than almost any other, you know, That's job out there. Suicide. If they put a quota on them, bro, people would be 
their their problem would be a lot worse because part of the part of the problem is how police departments are run. These guys are working twelve hour shifts on a pitman schedule. They're exhausted. They get pulled in on their days off. You know what I mean? And it, it comes down to not having enough cops out there. These twelve hour shifts got to go. You know they should be running eight hour shifts just like like a normal job would. You know what I mean? And it the whole shit just needs to be revamped. It needs to be looked at differently from the way that the police department is run, from their hiring practices to to you know the way we're we're treating protesters to the way that you know we're policing. When I was in Burlington Township Police Department, they told me to stay in the West area because if you know anything about that that map situation, Burlington Township it's right next to Willingboro, which is a predominantly black suburb right there. So that west part of Burlington is predominantly black. So they said, if you want to make make some tickets tonight, go hang out in the west. Go 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 out there. What is that? What kind of message is that sending a rookie cop? Somebody that's just getting out of the academy. And uh, another thing I'll tell you is, in the academy. They didn't have no handcuffing uh, class in, in Mercer County Police Academy. You would think they would have a whole day set aside. This is how you use the cuffs. I don't know if any of you guys have ever dealt with handcuffs. They could be tricky. <laughs> they could no. be tricky, bro. No, not here. You try to throw handcuffs on somebody that doesn't want to get cuffed. I'm going to tell you what. You're going to have a long day at the office. So it comes down to training. It comes down to every, every bit of this criminal justice system needs to be looked at and honestly for me i didn't want to be a part of it anymore because a i felt like a hypocrite because i grew up out in the streets wilding out being a dumbass badass kid underage drinking and stuff like that not only that but it just it wasn't for me it just was it was not for me i'm not a person that really gives a fuck what the next person is doing when you're a police officer, you have to care about what somebody else is doing. That's your job. Me, I don't care. I don't care what my neighbor's doing. As long as it doesn't affect me, I, don't, I really don't care if he's speeding. I don't care if he's smoking pot. If he, you know, as long as he don't hurt nobody or hurt him, hurt himself, I don't care. So it's just, it wasn't a job for me. It was a job that fell in my lap because I was, I was doing security. I took the test. Wanted passing, did really well in the test, and I went through the academy and things like that. And it, it just wasn't for me. But from somebody that's been on the opposite end of this whole situation where I was donning the badge and the gun and everything like that, I'm telling you, it's fucked up and something needs to change. Something drastically needs to change. We need to look at the whole spectrum of this shit. The whole spectrum of it, because it's all fucked up. You know, when I put this on on my notes, like, you know, the format of the show, I put this last because I definitely wanted to address it because I think it would be wrong for us not to address it, right? You know, like, act like everything is fucking normal, like some people are doing, like, oh, like, there's nothing going on and stuff. Um, and I completely forgot that you were a cop. Like, that kind of just, like, yeah. it made me, like, like I, I, didn't even, I didn't even think about that, like, when I was writing the notes. Like, I completely forgot, which... I think you brought like a different perspective on this whole situation that's going on 
in the country and, and in the world because stuff like this is happening around the world too. It's just not USA, America. It's not, it's not just here. Um, you know, to say this week I wasn't mixed of just emotions and feelings. I, I I've been kind of a, a mess a little bit. I've been angry. I've been disappointed. I've been kind of confused and stuff because I think both Leo and Sam know that have I have a very strong opinion about law enforcement and cops, all right? It's no secret, all right? I'm not a fan of them, and they're not a fan of me either, and I don't give a shit, all right? Um, now, while, you know, there's certain things that you have to be held responsible for, and I held responsibility for certain things, but not everything, all right? Um, let's, we need to stop acting like there isn't a problem when it comes to law enforcement, right? That, that, that's, we have, to, we have to agree to that. There's a problem. A lot of people, because a lot of people, in, they're saying like, oh, well, the media is trying to change the narrative. The media is trying to just focus on certain things. Listen, the media is trying to change the narrative, trying to say that everybody is, a, is causing these riots and, and breaking into these businesses, which they are. Listen, when it comes to everything, there's always bad apples. All right. We have to acknowledge that. But we also have to acknowledge that there's not an inside agenda like Antifa and these outsiders that are not even from around the area going to these fucking towns and cities or whatever, destroying shit that is not even not theirs. All right. Let's not act that also the same law enforcement, the same cops are the ones planting shit, too. Let's not act like that's not happening. All right. There's a problem with law enforcement. There's a problem with cops in this fucking country and this world. It's been happening for I don't know how long already, and people are tired of it, all right? Good cops. And listen, I'm smart enough, even though I'm not a fan of law enforcement, I'm smart enough to know there are still good cops. But good cops cannot get credit for doing their job. It's over. They're not getting credit for that no more. I can't salute you for being a good cop. You know why? If you're one of these good cops, because I know there are some, all right? You need to understand when we're seeing killings that are getting recorded for no reason, that's hurting cops in general's reputation. All right. I also see a lot of cops trying to play both sides of the fence saying black lives matter, but also blue lives matter. Blue lives matter. All lives matter. That statement, those hashtags can't mean something until black lives matter. Here's a, a perfect like uh, explanation of that. When a house of when a house is on fire, do all houses matter? Or I'm, am I going to pour water on the house that isn't on fire? No, I'm going to pour water on the house that is on fire. Right. And, and I'm disappointed. I'm also disappointed because there's also, as a Latino, I'm seeing a lot of racism from Latinos too. Like this doesn't affect them. Like. Before the Blackout Tuesday thing, I was like, yo, not there's not even Latino celebrities or, or or like or like artists that are even saying anything about it. I only and I could be wrong, but I only saw Jay Balvin. That was the only dude that put a heart well message about what's going on in this world. That's it. I could be wrong, maybe others did. But at, before the Blackout Tuesday, that was the only person that I saw that post something about what's going on in this world. And like, 
when the Latinos, and I'm not saying all Latinos before people get their, you know, their panties in a bunch, but when the Latinos think that they have, they're, they're privileged. When do people think, especially with all the fucking immig- the immigration problems that we're having, we're where all fucking immigrants. kids are stuck in cages, right? Like, when did Latinos all of a sudden become think they're privileged? There could be Latinos that are, they're black. It, it's a problem, and I am disappointed in Latinos. I'm di- disappointed in humanity. And also the media that tries to spin shit like this, you know, you guys call kiss my ass. Cause just as much like, oh, well, that's not the full video. Are you posting? Are people are are you seeing videos of the actual people that live in these communities defending some of these businesses, defending even cops, the people, the same people that are protesting? There's dif- there's there's a difference between protesters that are peacefully protesting, getting pepper sprayed for no reason. People that are on their knees, on, on their knees, just having speeches and getting arrested for no reason. A 75-year-old man in, ball, in, in Buffalo getting pushed to the ground, busted open. 75-year-old man. And he was a white dude at that. All right? Another thing is this is bigger than just a white and black thing because that, that's a misconception in all of this. It's not that because there's a lot of cops. There's a lot of people in law enforcement. There are a whole bunch of different races that have that same fucking white supremacist, I'm better, bigger than you mentality. Latino cops are like that. Black cops are like that. Hey, we saw with the George Floyd situation, one of them was an Asian cop. It doesn't matter. If you have that fucking mentality, it's toxic. It's like a venom. It's poison. It spreads. It's a disease. We're fighting two diseases here right now in 2020. COVID and racism. Except racism has been... It's been long lasting. It's 2020. We still have a racism problem. It's fucked up. I'm disappointed in us as Latinos. I'm disappointed in all this. I think it's disgusting. We got to do better. I talked about in the last episode we did about when it comes to cyberbullying and all that shit. Us as humanitarians, as humans, we have to do better. All right. If you're one of these, it's okay to be ignorant. It's okay to be ignorant. But do your research. Understand why people are protesting and why people are angry. You have to understand. Like CM Punk said this week, you have to listen. We have to listen to people. Stop coming. I'm just going to say, if you're a fucking, if you're white, you're not allowed to tell somebody how, from a different race how to feel. That, and that's point in blank. If you're one of these people, that have something negative to say on what's going on right now. And I'm not talking about the people that are breaking into stores and causing riots. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not condoning that. But if you're one of these people that are complaining about the protesting, you are part of the problem. If you're one of these people that are playing both sides of the fence, you are part of the problem. If you're one of these people that are also staying quiet, guess what? You are part of the problem. And I don't care if people get offended with what I'm saying. We need to start listening to each other. And be better. Yeah. A lot of I heard law enforcement this week. I believe it was one of the New York commissioners. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, saying the problem is media's recording this and posting this out um, on social media. That's the only weapon people got. Social media videos. That's the only proof we got. That's our only weapon. Because you guys got guns. You guys got pepper spray. You guys got batons. You guys got all that shit. 
So, of course, why wouldn't we not record what's going on? Just as much as media tries to switch the narrative and shit like that, the, revol the revolution will be televised, whether people like it or not. Because social media, people recording shit, sharing the shit, that's what's going to happen. We need to change. We need to fucking change. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like you said, like that police superiority, you know how many cops that I know to, to this day, that's their whole, that's their whole like identity is being a cop. Like that's all they think about. Like I'd be damned. Like I, I have a job. I'll be damned if my job takes over my entire life. Like even when I was a cop, like, bro, you wouldn't like see me talking about work shit or like, I don't know, like putting like a police car as like my, my cover photo on Facebook. Like dude, some people, that's their whole identity. Like it, it, it's, it's crazy to me because I, like I said, I worked on, on the opposite end of this and man to the blue lives matter people. You got to understand that police officers are protected by the law because they do put themselves at risk every time that they put themselves out there. Right. If somebody kills a cop, they're going to jail. Mm -hmm. They're going to do big fucking time. Right. And they're going to get their fucking ass whooped once they are locked up by the police officers that do lock them up. Anybody that has been a cop before knows this shit, right? You hurt one of the cops, one of us, we're going to hurt you back, right? That's the mentality. Did and you see the video of the cop throwing the white supremacy sign? Yeah. I was, man, listen, I was in the academy. There was a guy with a tribal Nazi sign on the back of his neck like this. Nobody said shit to him. Why? You know I mean? That's the problem that I'm saying. Like, he shouldn't be a cop then. Exactly, bro. This is what I was talking about with the hiring practices. With the hiring practices. And if I say something as being one of the only Hispanics in the, in the whole fucking academy, what's going to happen to me and my safety? If I, am I even going to get the job if I say anything, right? Because I'm the minority here. You know what I mean? Like, it come, look, it's a, it's a huge fucking problem. And I was on the track of saying the Blue Lives Matter thing, right? The, obviously, the Blue Lives Matter it, it, it's already protected by the law and everything like that. Black Lives Matter. You've seen this already. George Floyd. How long did it take? How long did it take for them to put the cuffs on this fucking guy? The they guy beat him up in the car. They beat him up in the car before they put the. They were beating him in the car. No, I'm I'm talking about the cop. I'm talking about after the fact that Mr. Floyd was murdered in cold blood. How long did it take the the police department to actually cuff one of their own? It took them oh, about four right, days, right, right. four days for an investigation to happen. For what? You load, lock him up, put him in a cell. If you don't want to put him in, in in the prison system, put him in a detaining cell in your police department. Do something. Cop, Show cop, that you're working. Cops need to be held and accountable for what they do, just like people do. And a lot of people, right? Because, like I said. People in the media try to spin this shit. Oh, but what's the yeah? You're not, you're not doing the same protest when you know when black on black crime. Yada yada yada. Listen, let me tell you something. The issue right here is cop brutality. Now, if you want to throw in the wrench about black on black on black on black crime, right? 
or whatever it is. It could be different race. It doesn't matter. When t- when t- when black on black crime, when somebody kills somebody else, right? What happens? They go to jail. Exactly. When a cop kills someone, what? They get suspended. They lose their job. It takes days, weeks, months, sometimes years before something fucking happens. It's not fucking right, and it's a fucking problem. See, there's things called a a good shoot, right? I'm the police officer. I show up. You have a gun. You're told, you know, I'm pointing my gun at you. Police, put the gun down. Put it down, or I'm going to put you down. You don't put it down, boom, I shoot you, I kill you. That's a good. That's what's called a good kill. You won't do any time for that. That's a justifiable, you know, situation, right? When you have a situation like George Floyd, where you have multiple videos of this thing going down, right? Like, there's no excuse to take four days to put cuffs on this police officer that killed him. We have the technology now. Figure it out. Put him in the back of a cop car. Show the public that, okay, this was a big fuck up. Let's try and make it right. We're obviously never going to be able to bring him back, but at least let's try and give these people justice. And that's what people are upset about. You know what I mean? When a cop dies, justice is served to the person that does the crime that killed the cop. When a black man or woman dies by the hands of a police officer, it takes too much time and people are upset. You have cases that have been closed that are now being reopened because of national attention that Mm -hmm. now we're starting to get traction because people are looking and going, what happened? This happened? This girl got killed when she was sleeping? Yeah. Because they did a no-knock raid. Brianna Taylor, my mistake. Brianna right. Taylor. A no, a no-knock raid in the middle of the night. If you're her boyfriend, which is why they they opened fire. The boyfriend thought somebody's breaking into my fucking house. Let me grab my gun and defend myself. Let me defend my my girlfriend. Of course, you're gonna shoot at intruders in the middle of the night. Because guess what? His gun was legal, and he wasn't wanted for anything they knocked on the wrong fucking door and then they and that's not including the countless of other situations that are just like this one or like the one that happened to george floyd yeah there's countless of situations like this and it's just it's just upsetting man it's depressing you know and you know it starts with us man if we want change we got to Go through the right avenues to do it. You know, this week I, I donated to a couple funds. This week I I filled out the proper um, not surveys. What are they called? The uh, petitions. I filled out the right petitions. I filled out a couple petitions because it's just a fucked up situation. And if you think if you're one of these people that think that this does not affect you, you have the right the wrong mindset. That's not the mindset to have. And if you don't like what's going on in this country, right, or for the people that live you know, because we have other people that, 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 you know, listens or watches us around the world. If you don't like what's going on in your country or in your city or whatever, you know, make sure you guys vote, you know, yes. make sure you vote for the right people. Make sure whether it's your city or country, whatever it is to, to get, you know, the potential right people in there. You know, let's not act that with the climate that we're living on and people think it's OK and it's an open invitation to be racist. Because it's not. On the, on that note, what you're saying about voting, 
it's not only just for the president. You could vote for everything. You could vote for your sheriff. You could vote for your mayor. Right. You could vote for everybody. So w- when people say, oh, you know what? I don't like the way things are being run. Well, you know what? You have the chance to go vote and make mm-hmm. that change. You can't mm-hmm. bitch and moan about it. You can't bitch and moan on who's the mayor. You can't bitch and moan on who's the governor, who's the president. If you didn't vote, that's that's basically what it comes down to. So, again, like Mario said and like Sam said, if there's a chance to go out there and vote, just go and, and make the change. Yep. That's all you got to do. Yep. Those are my two cents. Man, it's been a rough week, guys. But hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. Hopefully we, we made you laugh. You probably agree with us. You probably didn't agree with us, which I personally don't give a shit. And and if listen, if you and you get the last well, we, we spent like last 20, 25 minutes talking about what's going on in the state of this country in this world. If you don't like anything that we said, you could kiss my ass because I don't give a shit. You can hit the unfollow button and you cannot like us because I don't care. Um, Leo, what you got, brother? Uh com. You guys can download the app and get everything that we're doing on there. Uh, you can also go check out our shop where we have a couple of designs up. If you guys like uh, shirts, wrestling shirts, you can go there and uh, just help us grow. That's it. Sammy Suplex. All right. My, my shout out is going to be for the George Floyd Foundation, man. Make a donation if you can. You know, he had five kids. Uh, Kanye West came out and set up a, a college fund for one of his kids. So, you know, it's it's a lot of money. It's like $2 million, but Think about it like this. Five kids, 18 years, man, that that money, if you're not making it consistently and they just lost somebody that was the breadwinner in, in their household. So right. donate. If you don't donate to the George uh, Floyd Foundation, find somebody else, another foundation. Uh, I posted a, a couple of foundations in my stories. I'll do it again later on today. Uh, take your time, try to make a change, uh, and, and, and you know, follow me at Sammy Suplex on all social media platforms. Uh, that's even my PSN. Uh, I might regret this later on, but uh, PlayStation Network, Sammy Suplex, add me. Please don't message me any kind of stupid bullshit. Um, but if you're interested in gaming, man, that, that's it on there. All right. Well, well, listen, I will, you know, I just to add my two cents on some of the things you said, one on a comedic note, <laughs> one on a serious note. I think I, I I definitely support the PSN plug more than the Pokemon Go plug. All right. So that's yes. one. <laughs> I definitely approve that. And to add on to the whole donation thing, like, listen, you don't have to donate like 20 or $30 or anything like that. Think about it. If everyone in this country just donated a dollar, that all adds up. You know, any little donation means something, you know, so whether it's a George Floyd, um, you know, fund, fund, fund that they're doing. And there's some listen, if you really do your research, there's a lot of different foundations that you could donate a little something. I did my research this week and I donated if maybe, you know, because of the covid and what's going on and you're not working. Fortunately, all of us, we're still working. But if you're one of these people that are not working, to add on why people are fucking crazy protesting, a lot of people have a lot of time on their hands because they're not fucking working. But if you're one of these people that are not working but still want to try to make a change, do look, find these petitions. There are countless of petitions that you could sign. I did a whole bunch this week. So there's any, any little thing that you could do matters. All right. 
You can find me at Rated R since 87. But make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere. Instagram. I don't know if we still have Twitter. That's Sam's department. Yeah, we still Facebook. have Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Facebook. Twitter make sure so you download and subscribe to the podcast wherever you find your podcast. And that is it. Oh, man. It was a good show. It was a good show today because we covered what a happened, lot of Leo? stuff. I said it was a good show to, uh, today because we carry we covered a lot of stuff, not only in the wrestling world but also in uh, in life in non kayfabe stuff. Sometimes you know, reality just hits you in the face and you got to talk about it, man. Now, yeah. Now imagine if there was social media back in the day when kayfabe was for real. <laughs> like, how bad would it be? A lot of things will be exposed. <laughs> of course. Like, think about it like this. If social media existed when the current call happened, you know how how viral that video would have gone? According mm. to Dave Meltzer, it was staged. <laughs> According to a late teller, the current call was planned all the, the whole time. You guys ain't right, man. Damn, you know you're thinking the same thing too. You just don't want to say it. Say it. Baby face. <laughs> baby face. Say baby face, man. I, re- I refuse to turn heel. I'm like John Cena. So, this, and I don't give a shit, so I'm always in fuck shit. So, what's up? Is the NBA <laughs> coming back? What? The NBA, is it coming back? I think so. Yeah, yeah, end of July 2018. Nice. Hype. Real hype. Hopefully the Lakers will win. Go, Mario. For the old man Leo. Yeah. For Sammy Suplex. Yeah. For truly misrated art. Keep it rated R. And stay too sweet. Peace and love, guys. Peace and love. Black Lives Matter.